Fruit is mentioned eight times in this chapter. So if you wanna know what God wants for you in your life today, He wants you to bear fruit. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Hi, this is Jim Scudder, and you're listening to In Grace today on this Wednesday, February 1st. Welcome to February, everybody. And we are continuing in our Story of Jesus series today, His Advice on true prosperity. And I'm gonna kind of start by talking about how Americans are very well off compared to the rest of the world and how we had better be good stewards and stop chasing prosperity and look for what really is important and that is fruitfulness. So Jesus is teaching us all of this in his final moments, his final hours before the crucifixion. He is uh, teaching about the true vine in, in John 15. And so let us have our hearts open today so that we can learn what he wants us to to know and to do in this area of fruitfulness. Right before we get to the message today, let me remind you that we have an, a TV show called In Grace, and it's on TBN every Wednesday night. So tonight, we'd love for you to tune in TBN. Now, you might not get that channel, although it is the largest Christian network in the world. And if you don't get that channel, go to YouTube and search for In Grace. We are there for free, all of our episodes, and we would love for you to tune in and subscribe to our YouTube channel or find us on TBN on Wednesday nights. And we're going to be taking you on an adventure. It's called Amazing Arches, and we're featuring part three, which is out west in Colorado. And you really need to see it. I mean, it's it's one of the most amazing adventures we've ever had. We're going to be featuring the audio of that on Friday and the weekend episode of In Grace, but um, you really need to see it. One way to see it is also to get the DVD or digital download of the full four-part series. What you're going to see on TBN and on YouTube is about half. So you really want to get the video or watch the DVD. And uh, you can just be mesmerized at these incredible rock formations, and then we'll tell you how we think that they are formed. And so you want to watch this, uh, get this video. When you make a gift of any amount, we're going to thank you by sending you Amazing Arches. And if your gift is $25 or more, we'll also send you a video called Our Awesome Universe, Big Bang or Big God, where we look at the vastness of space, the size of the stars, the incredible precision of the planets, and we'll bring you to a conclusion that this was not a random explosion. This was a purposeful God that created all of this. So you want to get these videos. We also are encouraging you to look at traveling with In Grace. We're going to Alaska this summer. We're going to Israel at the end of this month. And in one year from now, we're going to go on another tour to Israel. So you're invited on one of these trips. Go to ingraceradio.com and click on travel. What would... Jesus' advice be about prosperity. You know, a hundred years ago, everybody had horses, but only the rich had cars. And today, everyone has cars, but only the rich have horses. Oh, how the stables have turned. <laughs> today, if a preacher's talking about prosperity on TV, he's likely wanting you to send seed money so that they can upgrade to the best global jet. 2,000 years ago, a preacher named Jesus gave his advice on true prosperity. 
In our study of the life of Jesus, we're using all four Gospels to look at the life of Christ chronologically. And we're just getting up to leave the upper room. This is near the end of our study, although we still have a lot more to cover because a lot more happened, but we're in the last day of Jesus' life. Of course, we know that he rose again, so it's really not a true statement, but the last day before his death may be more appropriate. Actually, we're in the night of his death. He was having this meal with his disciples in what we call the upper room. This room was later used in the book of Acts, and they were meeting there, and I think it was one of the Christians, one of the disciples, had connections to have that room available for them. In just a few hours, Jesus is going to be arrested, and he knew it. His disciples didn't totally understand it yet and totally get it, but these were his last moments to teach and to encourage his disciples as they were about to go through a really, really tough time. Last time, as we were studying the story of Jesus, the true story of Jesus, we read the last verse in John 14, and what we're going to see today is also in John, because the teachings that we find here are only in John. These next several chapters are exclusively from the book of John. But the last verse of John 14 said that uh, Jesus said, arise, let us go, let us go hence. So it's time to go, time to leave the room. Matthew and Mark also tell us a little bit about that moment when it says they sung a hymn and went out into the Mount of Olives. So we know they go from the upper room, they stand up, they sing, and they leave. I wonder what the song was. I wonder what the hymn was. A lot of people are confused because they're thinking, well, it seems like later in John, John 18, that they're still in the upper room but he had three chapters of teaching. So where did those three chapters happen? In the upper room? I don't know for sure, but I guess, certainly any of you ever had company? And okay, everyone kind of stands up, it's time to go, and you stand there for another hour talking. I mean, that happens all the time. How long would it take for Jesus to go through these three chapters at a normal pace? It's actually only about 10 minutes. Sometimes we think, you know, it would take years to read this. You could sit down and read this in a week easily, or less, if you just sat down and read it. In a few days, actually. So three chapters, 10 minutes. Could they have stood around and talked for 10 minutes? They got up to leave. They hadn't quite left the room yet. That might be. But I also wonder if they did leave the upper room, and they had about a 15-minute walk from the place where we think the upper room was, which is in the old city of Jerusalem, or right outside the old city today, down through the Kidron Valley, up onto the Mount of Olives. It's not a very long walk, but certainly they could have walked and talked, stopped, talked some more. And Jesus' prayer, his high priestly prayer for you is in this portion. Not that we're going to cover today, but we're going to cover soon. But he had about 10 minutes of teaching, of encouragement, of prayer, between somewhere between the upper room and the Garden of Gethsemane. And if they were walking, which we know they did walk, we just don't know if they walked and talked, or I'm guessing they did, it would have been dark out, it would have been nighttime. 
just because of the way that the day went. We know it was late when he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. So for sure it was dark as they left the room. This would have been around the time of Passover. So think Easter, that climate. Although in Jerusalem, you can get snow. It's pretty rare. Maybe once every few years, you'll get some snow. But they have palm trees there. So your climate probably was a nice, we would call it an early summer evening. So you think it's dark, but it's nice. It's not hot, but it's not cold. Um, It would have been a full moon too, right? The Passover happened around the full moon. So they would have had probably a beautiful moon as they walked along the path down through the Kidron Valley up into the Mount of Olives. And the base of the Mount of Olives is where the Garden of Gethsemane is. We begin in John 15 today in verse 1 where Jesus said, I am the true vine. Now, I'm sure that rings a bell to you, right? Because as we've been going through this series, you know that there are seven I am statements of Jesus. Why is that important? Because I am is how God told Moses to tell people who he is. And I am is a powerful Short, little, a couple words, but it includes eternity. So when you say, I am, uh, it includes the past, it includes the present, and it includes the future. So Jesus saying, I am, everybody knew what that was. And then he said these seven things that he was, I am the true vine. The true vine. And this is the final of those seven I am statements that Jesus gives. And again, if you want to study that out, it's the same order that they would set certain objects out in the tabernacle, the same order that they were instructed to set those out with the same order that he gives his seven I am statements. It's pretty profound. And the word true, I'm the true vine, means genuine. So Jesus says, I am the genuine vine. The father is the husbandman. What is a husbandman? Well, it's a farmer, a gardener, probably is how we would term it. So Jesus, the son, is the vine, the genuine vine. We are the branches, believers, and God the Father is the the caretaker of the garden. The Father desires fruit. Fruit is mentioned eight times in this chapter. So if you want to know what God wants for you in your life today... He wants you to bear fruit. Now, there's four amounts of fruit mentioned in these verses, in verse 2 and in verse 5. And we're going to say the first one is minus fruit. In other words, no fruit. We find that in verse 2. And then another amount of fruit is, in verse 2 as well, we'll call it mere fruit. It's just termed as fruit, but you can have no fruit or minus fruit or fruit, mere fruit, or you can have, verse two also says more fruit or much fruit in verse five. So you have the ability to choose what amount of fruit that you're going to bear. And there's a key that we have to find out. How can we bear any fruit, more fruit or much fruit? We don't want to bear no fruit, right? We want to be able to bear fruit, but what is that fruit, and then how do we do it? I'm glad you asked, 
because that's what this passage is about. You're listening to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. Are you looking for an adventure that will take your breath away? Then check out In Grace's new series, Amazing Arches, that explores the natural beauty of God's creation. From the iconic, delicate arch in Utah to the lesser-known arches in Arizona, Colorado, and Kentucky, this series showcases the stunning diversity of these natural wonders. But it's not just about the scenery. Amazing Arches also features Ph.D. astronomer Dr. Danny Faulkner and Ph.D. geologist Andrew Snelling, who provide fascinating insights into the geology and history of these iconic landmarks. Get your copy of Amazing Arches for a gift of any amount. And when your gift is $25 or more, we'll include the popular video series, Our Awesome Universe, Big Bang or Big God. Call now at 800-78-GRACE or visit our website at ingraceradio.com or write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Let's look at verse 2 of John 15. Jesus says, as I think they're walking and talking along the old city walls, the ancient walls, of Jerusalem, I'm mentally there right now. I wish I could take you all there right now. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth, or you could put prunes, that's a legitimate English word there, he purgeth it that he might bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. I want you to make note of you are clean. He's talking to the 11, Judas Iscariot, the false believer, the fake, the imposter, had left the room, had left the building. He would make an intersection with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane shortly hereafter. But Jesus said to them, ye are clean. So that's important to understand this correctly. Through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. So how can we bear more fruit or much fruit? How can we get to that last tier of much fruit? The key is that word abide. We're going to study that, but let's continue and we'll come back to that. Abide in me and I in you. How does Jesus abide in us? If you have received by faith Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you believe that he died and rose again for your sins, The Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, indwells you, and Jesus is in you through the Spirit. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it, what? Abide, you hear that word again, in the vine. Who's the vine? Jesus. Who's the branch? We are, Christians. Who is the gardener, the husbandman, the caretaker? God the Father. Except you abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. There it is again. For without me ye can do nothing. Well, that's a profound statement. And that's true though. Without Jesus, you can do nothing that's lasting, nothing that is eternal. If a man, verse six, abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. And so a lot of people say, oh, oh, okay. I know what that means. That means that you were saved, but then you lost your salvation and Jesus cut you and threw you into the fire, hell. Now, I know that's not true, 
And the reason I know that's not true because John 5.24 says this, Verily, verily, or truthfully, truthfully, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath what? Everlasting life. That word hath is an old English word, but it means you have something now. It's present now, and it's possessive. You have something now, you possess it now. If you believe that Jesus died and rose again, you have something now called what? Eternal life. If you possess something now called eternal life, can you lose that? No, because you have eternal life. You have it now. You're in the hand of Almighty God. You might let go, but he won't. You've been pardoned. Your sins have been forgiven. Okay, You will not be cast into the lake of fire. You have everlasting life. Let's continue in John 5, 24. And shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. It's finished. It's over. You're saved. And that's a wonderful truth. And I think that's a keystone to Christianity. Some people say, well, if you believe that, then people are just going to live any way they want to. Well, I find it actually quite the opposite. I feel like if you really understand how secure you are in Jesus Christ, you're going to serve with a lot more joy and sincerity and less fear. And if your children are always worried that you're going to take them and cast them out into the street if they make one little mistake, it's going to be a very miserable existence for both you and your child. Or if you do that with your wife, that's not going to work, right? No, the best is when you know for sure you're secure, and then you're going to be able to serve with more freedom and joy, and that's going to continue on. So I know for sure this doesn't mean that these branches that have been cut off and they were dried out, they were cut off, and they were burned. I don't believe those are Christians who have lost their salvation because that would contradict so many passages as the one I just said. And also, do you remember where Jesus said, you are clean? If Jesus says you're clean, and you remember in the verses previous where he had washed their feet and said you're clean, then if you're clean, you're clean, right? That's a declaration that you are you are clean. You are saved. Now, some people say, well, the burned branches refer to professing Christians. They were like Judas. They weren't genuinely saved, and therefore they're judged by Jesus, and they're going to be in hell because they were just phonies. Again, I don't think so. Why? Because Jesus called them clean. They were believers in Jesus Christ. So I think their regeneration is never in doubt here. You say, well, what does it mean then? What does it mean? Okay, I'm getting to it. I believe the burnt branches in this passage represent Christians who lose rewards, but not salvation, at the judgment seat of Christ. Do you know what that is? This is very important. If you don't know about the judgment seat of Christ, this is called the Bema Seat, and this is a place where Christians will appear before Jesus, and it's not a judgment of heaven or hell, it's a judgment of position, reward, and uh, your faithfulness will be revealed at this time. Here is one of the passages that lays this out for us. And you're gonna find here fire. It's not hellfire though. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 12 says, now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. So you have six different building materials. Three are very valuable and three are also not combustible. But you have three that are very less valuable and very combustible. So what are you building with? This is the Christian life. 
What are you building with? Are you doing things for eternity? Are you doing things empowered by God? If you are, then you're gonna have gold, silver, precious stones. If you're doing things in your own power, or if you're not even serving the Lord, you're gonna have nothing but wood, hay, and stubble. And it says, every man's work, verse 13, shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. Again, this is not hellfire. The great white throne judgment is where unbelievers are cast into the eternal lake of fire. This is the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat. This is a place where you'll have rewards or lack of rewards, and that's the sad part of the judgment seat of Christ, but it's not hell. If any man's work abide, okay, so the fire is revealing the work, the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is, verse 13. Verse 14, if any man's work abide, which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. It's that simple. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be what? Saved. Yet is by fire. My dad used to say people will get into heaven by the skin of their teeth. But they're still saved. Salvation isn't about what you do. You just might not have anything when you arrive. But hey, it's still better. It's still better than an alternative. But I want to be uh, blessed. I want to be blessed of God in my life. And I have every breath that I take in every moment of my life to build up those good things of gold, silver, and precious stones. And we will pick that up again tomorrow on our Thursday edition of In Grace. A lot of people are confused when they get to passages like uh, John 15, where it talks about cast into the fire. And they think, well, that means that Christians can lose salvation or these really weren't Christians in the first place. Well, we don't hold to either a Calvinistic or Arminian theology here at In Grace. We just read the Bible that anybody can be saved but that uh, once you've trusted Christ, you've received a pardon, a full pardon for all of your sins and so that you can never be lost. And so we have to then understand, okay, when, when Jesus is talking about this branch thrown into a fire, what is that? Well, we, we point you to 1 Corinthians 3 like we did today, and we say this in other places. The Bible talks about the fiery gaze of Christ in the, the life of, and good works of the believer. And, and there is fire, but it's not hell. So I think that really helps people understand what we're talking about. But salvation is free. Uh, once you have put your faith in Jesus, that he died for your sins on the cross and rose again, and you're trusting in him, the Bible says you will not perish but have everlasting life. Then you're born again and you cannot become unborn. So these are important truths to know. And I hope you have received by faith Jesus as your only hope. Right before we go today, let me remind you that we've got a TV show tonight on TBN. It's called In Grace and we're featuring Amazing Arches Part 3, where Dr. Danny Faulkner and I and our film crew, we transitioned from filming out in the Red River Gorge of Kentucky, when that's his backyard, that's a place that he loves, and we go out west to the real arches of America, and that's in the southwest, and you want to watch that. It's really amazing. Again, you can watch us anytime on YouTube, or you can watch us tonight on TBN. Uh, you can also support this ministry with a gift of any amount, and I'll 
I'll send you the full-length entire four-part video series, Amazing Arches. You can get that by DVD or digital download. And this will really show you some incredible scenery, some fun dialogue between Dr. Danny and I. And by the way, you need to watch him crawl out onto one of these high arches. He's afraid of heights, but he loves arches. And so it's probably the funniest moment I've ever had on In Grace. God bless Dr. Danny Faulkner, but uh, such a good sport. But you want to watch that. It's really fun. But you're going to learn something about creation and the flood as well. So if you want to get this, give a gift of any amount. Your gift will make sure more people hear the gospel and we'll thank you by sending you amazing arches. And then if your gift is $25 or more, we'll send you a second four-part video series, Our Awesome Universe, Big Bang or Big God. Are you looking for an adventure that will take your breath away? Then check out Ingrace's new series, Amazing Arches, that explores the natural beauty of God's creation. Get your copy of Amazing Arches for a gift of any amount. And when your gift is $25 or more, we'll include the popular video series, Our Awesome Universe, Big Bang or Big God. Call now at 800-78-GRACE. Visit our website at ingraceradio.com or write to us at Ingrace P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on Ingrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. Ingrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.